This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. How many know it is a, it's a true privilege and an honor for all of us and all of our campuses, Elk River, what's up? Maple Grove, what's up? All of us, those joining online in Spring Lake Park, we get to worship Jesus together. How many love Jesus? Come on, let me hear it again. You love Jesus. That's, that's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. Well, today I'm excited to talk about Jesus and his story and his birth. And if you're not familiar with the birth of Jesus, you know, you hear Christmas. Christmas has become so many other things in modern times or it's become commercialized and there's a whole lot of other things going on. There's a lot of good things. I love it when I'm walking through a store and I get to hear songs about the baby Jesus in the store. How many like that too? You love to hear. So there's good things happening with it, but I think as we come together today, we get the opportunity to again go back to the original story, the OG. Come on. The original story. We get to come right back to that beginning and we get to see and hear from the scripture. And so I'll be talking in a few moments from the Bible. If you don't have one, um, you can get one after the service. We've got them free for you. Um, you can also go online. You can get, catch it on your phone. We'll be talking from the Bible. We've been in a series called The Faces of Christmas. The Faces of Christmas. And uh, today, the title of my message is Jesus' Face. Before we get to the, the scripture on this, I want to ask the question, what's in a face? You know, faces are used for a lot of different things nowadays. Nowadays, you can pull up your phone, and it can open your phone. Uh, it can be used on security cameras with facial recognition software. How many don't want to be caught on camera in the wrong way? Faces are used for a lot of things. Think about money. On money, there's faces on there, famous presidents that are on money, and they're there. And, of course, the faces are there to represent trustworthiness and character the history of the country, and, and there's so, something behind the face that brings value to the money. Um, I, I, I don't know how many of you have ever been to Mount Rushmore. Anybody here been to Mount Rushmore? And you've seen the faces of presidents up on a mountain. I mean, of all things, there's faces. But I think the place that we see the most faces now is actually on our phones. If you pulled up your phone, you would see an opportunity for you to type emojis. How many have seen all the faces on emojis? And uh, there's so many different types and so, so many different kinds. In fact, nowadays, sometimes, like, if I'm trying to discern what one is, I have to pull out, like, reading glasses to try to zoom in enough to be able to see what th that particular face is. But I want to I go through a few of the faces. You can find some of them on Emojipedia. It's just like Wikipedia. There's now Emojipedia that you can look up some of these. But uh, one of them is the smiley face. How many of you have seen the smiley face? It's the happy face. It's the, yeah, I'm happy with this. It's, it can be used for a lot of things. It's really representing many different types of words and moods. And these emojis represent a mood. How I many you know that's a good mood? The smile is typically a good mood. But then there's also ones like the one I send to my wife once in a while, the face blowing a kiss. And I get to blow that, that kiss to her. How many know there's a lot more behind it? If I don't have time to say I love you and for so many reasons and type it out on my phone, then I can just give her that emoji with the smile, with the kiss. 
and it means a whole lot. Or how many have seen the thinking face? You know, hmm. When somebody asks you a question, what do you want to do? Hmm. Or sometimes people use it in the uh, sarcastic way, like you don't agree, and you go, hmm, that does not sound like a good idea. Um, then there's the loudly crying face. I call it the ugly cry face. Now, there's the one that, that laughs with tears. That's a different one. This is the one where you're just out and out, sad, crying out loud. How many have ever done an ugly cry before in real life? Well, this kind of represents that, and it kind of implies behind it ultimate sadness, ultimate crying, ultimate, it's horrible. Now, some people will use that for uncontrollable laughter, overwhelming joy, I suppose. It could be either way. Or how about this one, the disappointed face? Now, this one implies sadness, a deep sorrow, something on the inside. If you send one of these, it means something good is not happening. Something bad's going on in your story. You're hurting, you're in pain, you're not optimistic. It's got a mood like that. And then finally, there's the one where you just, you might want to do this if you could while you were driving. The angry one. How many you know? How many of you have been, you've been so ticked off that the only thing that would represent your mood and where you're at right now is that angry, angry face? Why don't I ask a question for us today as you've come in from every background of life and your story. I think, I think the question is, what is the meaning behind the face that God sent into this world, this little baby Jesus? What's behind his face? The ultimate face of Christmas is Jesus. We've been looking at over the last number of weeks different faces that are a part of the story of Christmas, the wise men, the shepherds. Last week, Jody talked about Mary and Joseph. There's a lot of faces, and you're included in his story. You're in it. You're a part of it. And I, you've seen that in our lobbies and everywhere we go. There's little photos of people that are a part of the faces of Christmas. So it's not just the ones you see in the scripture. We're all a part of the story. In fact, just turn to the person and just say, you're in. You're in this story. But the one that really takes all of the attention is the face of Jesus. The ultimate face of Christmas is Jesus. And Jesus' face, like an emoji, needs to be understood. You need to look at his face, understand who he is, and look for what's behind his story. Let's go ahead and look at it. In Luke chapter two, the story of Jesus' birth. It says, and because, verse four, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea and David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. In this, I'm gonna talk about three different things we see in the face of Jesus. The first one is this. Jesus is the face of innocence. It's the face of innocence. You know, of all the forms that God could send his son into the world, he could have sent a fully grown man. No, nope, he sent a little baby. And babies are innocent. There's nothing that's happened bad in their world yet. They've, they're unstained, there's no history of conflict, there's no cynicism, no hurt, no bias, no insecurity, no fear, no history to overcome. Babies are free from all of that. And I know just how innocent a baby looks because this week, 
we had our first grandkid, and little Kevin Mark Roos came into the world. And, uh, and uh, Jeff and Camry, just an amazing, they're amazing parents. In fact, they might be joining us online right now. They, it was an amazing experience to see this little one, and I can remember vividly still walking into the room about 2.30 in the morning when they finally let us in. And I get in there, and I saw Camry off to the side, and I'm like, is she okay? Yeah, love you. But then I didn't see anybody else for the next few minutes because all I could see was the baby. How many know what I'm talking about? The, the star of the show, the innocent one. And, and a little bit later, I got to hold little Kevin and got to put him in my arms. And, and the thing about holding a baby, when you're holding a baby, is there's a sense of innocence. There's actually hope for adults when we hold babies. And we're thinking about, you've got a, a clean slate you got a future ahead of you. You're not worried about today's problems. You're not worried about all the stuff going on. You're holding this baby. You're like, there's a future ahead for you. And when Jesus was sent into the world as a baby, it was God sending his innocence to the world. He was different than any other human being that had ever been born because he not only would be innocent at the beginning, he remained innocent all throughout his life. This was a statement by God that he was sending someone different into the world, the baby Jesus. And the hope of Jesus at Christmas is universally seen in the story of his birth. It is undercover, not in the headlines. It's under the radar and completely unrelated to the political systems of the day. Think about this. God chooses to circumvent every single way we think he's going to rescue it's not the power or the prestige or the organization. It's in a stable, in a manger that feeds animals, far from the center of power, not in the obvious places that everyone else looks for, for rescue. And as children grow older, they all lose their innocence at some point. Real life hits us in the face, and sometimes it leads to disillusionment and disappointment and despair. And then guilt can enter the human condition and there's a feeling of responsibility for doing something wrong. And then guilt leads to condemnation, waiting for a sentence for what we have done. Friends, I want you to know there's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt says, I did something wrong. Shame says, I am something wrong. If you've ever said to yourself, there's something wrong with me, if you've got a lie in your head, maybe it's through other voices in your story, other people, other faces, that have spoken to you and they've, they've said that you're whatever and you can fill in the blank and they put words in your head and your heart that there's something different about you, that you're wrong. I want you to know Jesus is not the voice of shame. He's not the voice of somebody that would speak over you negative things as if something were wrong with you. In fact, when you were created, you were created in his image. You are special. You are special in God's sight. You are unique. You are magnificent in the eyes of God. You are a child of the living God. You're a daughter or a son of God, and you are special to him. Come on, somebody. It's true. You matter to him. And if you've had the voice of shame, you need to hear the, the promise of the story of Jesus. 
The presence of Jesus as a baby. His innocence is available for you. There's opportunity for a new story to be written in your life. And it's not the voice of shame any longer. The voice of guilt says, I did something wrong. We can feel guilty when we do something wrong. That's okay. But our guilt should lead us to Jesus who forgives us of all of our sins. And he gives us opportunity and he gives us hope. That innocence that he offers us a new start. I love this. Jesus, his face of innocence. He was born innocent. He lived with innocence. He grew in wisdom and still had an unwavering belief in his heavenly father. He never sinned. He trusted his father fully. And Jesus managed to do what nobody else has been able to do. He carried that guilt-free innocence into adulthood. If you're here today and you feel like you've lost it all and you don't have any of that joy that you see in little kids, you don't have that excitement or anticipation of your story, if you're in a place where perhaps your marriage has lost its, its vibrancy and its love for, for each other or perhaps you've lost your desire to even live and love other people, I want you to know that Jesus can restore innocence. 1 John 3.20, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. Jesus offers his innocence to us, Romans 8, 1 and 2. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Jesus can make you strong. Perhaps you're a believer and you're wanting that renewed innocence to stay strong through difficult circumstances in your life. You got kids now and they're driving you crazy. You got jobs and bills and all those things. You can be strong in the middle of it. I love what it says in 1 Thessalonians 3.13. May he, as a result, make your hearts strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before our God, God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. Jesus is the face of innocence. Secondly, Jesus is the face of trust. Trust. Jesus at Christmas, as a face of innocence, goes into a world that is a world like we know today, a world of corruption and hatred and generational racism and leaders who manipulate populations of people for their own benefit. And I want you to know God takes it seriously how leaders lead. He cares about government officials. He cares about things going on around us on micro levels as well as macro levels because he cares about people so much so that we can see a glimpse of his heart in the Old Testament when God was speaking to the nation of Israel and its leaders. He called those leaders shepherds and he called people sheep. In a sense, he was saying those leaders were responsible for leading and taking care of people. This is how God's heart beats for those that are under injustice and difficulty and pain. If you're in a place where you feel like you've been wounded by a leader, by a teacher, by a parent, by somebody in your story, you need to know that wasn't God's will for your life. There's a different picture that God has and he cares for you. In Ezekiel chapter 34, listen to how God speaks to those bad leaders. He says, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you abandoned my flock and left them to be attacked by every wild animal. And though you were my shepherds, you didn't search for my sheep when they were lost. 
You took care of yourselves and left the sheep to starve. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I now consider these shepherds my enemies, and I will hold them responsible for what has happened to my flock. I will take away their right to feed the flock, and I will stop them from feeding themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths. The sheep will no longer be their prey. I'm telling you right now, God hates injustice, but God loves people. And he comes in to rescue people. And if you've been underneath difficult circumstances and pain, perhaps bad leadership in your life, I want you to know Jesus comes as a little baby to restore that which was lost. He's heard your cry if you are under the boot of injustice. Jesus will come and he will judge the nations and he will take care of you. Can I get an amen to that? He will take care of you. He says then, moving on in that chapter uh, 34 of Ezekiel, he says, I will rescue my flock from their mouths. The sheep will no longer be their prey, for this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for a scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. So God says this in the Old Testament, I'm going to rescue them, but I want you to see this. Hundreds of years later, he sends Jesus into the world, and he says, I'm not gonna send a word through the prophets any longer. I'm going to be the message. This message of Jesus is his fulfillment of his heartbeat that we saw in Ezekiel. He comes in to take care of you. He's not waiting for anybody else anymore. He says, I'm getting up in your business. I'm coming up close. I'm gonna be near to you. I'm gonna take care of you. And that's what Jesus did. At just the right time, the scripture says, God sent his one and his only son into the world because God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son. Why? He cares for you. That's why Jesus came. So if you're sitting there and you're wondering if you're not noticed, you wonder if you're overlooked and you wonder if God sees you, if God notices you, I want you to know you can trust the one that says, I'm not leaving it up to anybody else anymore. I'm going to step into the story and I will be your shepherd. He cares about you. Turn to the person next to you and say, he cares about you. Jesus is the one about the political wars, the racial wars, the economic division, the economic fears, insecurities, stress, and tensions. And Jesus' face is a face of peace, hope, wisdom, love, and forgiveness. Ultimately, the face that you can trust. And Jesus is the only face you can trust. Third, his face, Jesus' face, is the face of attention on you. Attention on you. He sees you. Turn to the person next to you and say, he sees you. He sees you. I want you to think about body language, okay? We had the emojis earlier on, but body language. Can you read a face? You know, I read your faces when I'm speaking sometimes. And some of you are like, uh. Some of you are like, hungry. I'm hungry, Pastor Nate. Land the plane. 
So <laughs> some people, they're just like, is he talking to me? Is any like everything he's saying is just for me. The face of Jesus is one that notices you. There's body language in this. The fact that God left heaven and came in the form of a human is essentially locking in on you. And I love the imagery of how God communicates his love to people. It's actually body language. The way they would do it in the Old Testament is Moses sent Aaron and said, this is what you're to pray and bless the people with. And it's the great priestly blessing of Aaron in the Old Testament. It's found in Numbers chapter six. And he says this, the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now this is an amazing passage of scripture because he says, this is what's spoken over. May you understand that the Lord is the one that blesses you. How I many of you know when God blesses you, nobody can stop God? Nobody. Your worst enemy can't stop God. He, he's going to make a way. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he take care of you. But he says, may he cause his face to shine, or I would say smile emoji over your life. May he cause you to shine, shine over you. Now, this is, the sign language is really interesting to me because it's like a countenance. It's, a, it's a, an expression of interest. It's a deep interest. It's, it's not just looking at somebody. It's like, I'm into you. If, if you could imagine for me, how many of you have ever been to a wedding? And you're, you've gone to the wedding, and uh, I often have to be the, the pastor up at the front of the room, but I've observed other weddings, and, and I've been in the seat in the congregation. And you'll see at the beginning there's a processional, and all of the bridesmaids, groomsmen come in, and then there's a, the, the, the ring bearer, the flower girl sometimes, and they come in, and the groom is at the end looking, and the groom smiles at each one that comes in. How many know there's a different smile coming when the door opens up and the bride comes down the road? Now it's like, <laughs> that's my girl. We're getting married. He doesn't care about anything else in the room. He's deeply interested in his bride. When God looks at people, there's an interest. He formed you and shaped you in your mother's room, that means he was deeply interested in your story and who you are. He gave you the talents you have. He gave you your physical attributes. He gave you the number of hairs on your head. Some of you have chosen to get rid of all of them. Others of you have like bloomed them up to show the world your hair, your hair explosion before you move on into the rest of the world. Here's, here's the thing. God is so interested in you that he is, he's watching your story, and he's not a disinterested observer. He's actually leaning in and smiling over your life. Now, I want to I try something. Everybody in the room, just look up at the ceiling. I want you to imagine a big old smile coming down on you right now. <laughs> and that's, you're like, ooh, that's kind of dirty up there, Pastor Nate. You need, to, you need to clean up your ceilings in church. There's a smile from heaven, I know this, many people live their lives 
thinking everyone is against them, including God. They think it's never worked out, favor is for other people, and they feel maybe you're stuck in a victim kind of mode because you don't think anybody cares about you. And then it's reinforced because the enemy is working against God's blessing on your life and tried to lie to you through other voices and other stories. People that have come in and said bad things to you, hurt you, wounded you, rejected you. And I want you to hear me today. It is not Father God's heart that you went through what you went through. But he doesn't leave you there. He sends his one and only son into the story to remind you, I'm still smiling. I believe in you. It's not all lost. Yes, you messed up some things, but I haven't given up on you. And not only is he into you, he has a capacity to not just see one person, but to see a billion people, billions of people on the planet. And he notices every individual. How many of you have ever felt like you were just stuck in a crowd? Well, God doesn't just see the crowd. He somehow sees individuals. I remember when Jeff was in like second grade and uh, he, was, he was at the school musical thing where all the second graders in the school district got together at the high school in the, in the theater and uh, they had grandstands up there and they all sang songs that just sounded, they weren't really that good, but they were, but everybody was all excited about grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads and people are all out. And back in those days, this was before everybody used phones for video. We had the camcorders. Anybody remember camcorders and everybody was all out. Well, I had a camcorder and I remember watching the entire musical and I kept it zoomed in on Jeff and I was just zoomed in on him and I'm like, Jeff, stand up straight. Remember the words. You know, I'm, I'm saying things to him. I don't remember if I said, like, don't pick your nose. But I said stuff to him because I was, like, locking in on him. And after it was all done, everybody cheered. Woo, look at this. Second graders. Hey, they're growing up. Isn't this cool? And then Jeff makes his way down, and we finally meet him. And De Jeff runs up to me, and he goes, Dad, Dad, did you see me? Now, he knew I was there. He knew I observed the crowd. But what he wanted to know was, Dad, out of everybody in the room, were you looking at me? And I think that's what we have to understand. When Jesus came to the earth, it was God sending his son because he's looking at you. You're important to him. He notices you, and you matter. It's a face of attention. And then it says, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. May he turn his face toward you and give you peace. It's visual imagery that though I'm pointed this direction, he, I can't have attention on people over here. So may God do this. May he turn toward me. May he look. May he see you. Pay attention. Because really, what God was doing was not saying, everybody look at me. Jesus was in a sense saying, now I'm going to begin to look at you. Heaven's business can seem so far away, so different in our individual lives, but heaven now is tilting its way in your direction and saying, I'm interested in you. And he alone can give you peace when you receive his attention.
Jesus' birth is literally God turning his face toward you. Instead of sending messages through the mouths of prophets and kings, God steps in to be your message. He shows up and directs his attention towards the people whom he had created. Creator leans in to creation. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Friends, it's important when we lean in and when we recognize when we're with Jesus, there's a peace that passes understanding. There's an old song that they used to sing in the church. It's called, Turn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his his glory and his grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. There's power in recognizing he sees us and there's power in us recognizing and seeing him. So whatever your emoji is today, whatever you're feeling on the inside, I have good news, church. The face of heaven is here today. Jesus is the face. He's the face of innocence that can be restored. He's the face of trustworthiness in a world that you can't trust. And he's the face that has attention on you. If life has hit you hard and your story has guilt or shame, Jesus' birth is good news for you. If you lack peace or hope, God sent his only son, Jesus, to restore your hope. And if people have disappointed you and let you down, it's difficult to trust anyone. The story of Jesus' birth is a reminder that there is someone that you can trust. And if you feel unnoticed, alone, or insignificant, Jesus' birth is a message from heaven that God is paying attention to you. You are not alone. You are not alone. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not alone. If you could, just for a moment, as a way to respond and embrace the message and the moment in a fresh way of Jesus. Some of us have heard the story of Christmas hundreds of times. Others, it's your first time. No matter your vantage point that you're coming from, all of us can freshly embrace the innocence and the promise of Jesus and his story in our lives. And I'd love to pray with you. Can you just close your eyes for a moment? Nobody's looking around. I want to offer to you what was talked about throughout the scripture. And that is that the message of hope through Jesus Christ, is available to everyone. The Bible says that he went first. You don't take the first step, he did. He came to the earth, lived a sinless life, eventually died on the cross, where he took our sin and our shame, 
And then he rose from the dead victorious, now holding the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And Jesus' message is not just the beginning, but it's also the ending. For he offers himself to us, and the Bible says that if we believe in him, we trust in him, and then we follow after him, that he will make us new. Where the old will be gone, and the new will come. And the innocence can be restored in our story by trusting in the miraculous power of Jesus. No one's looking around, but if you're here today and you need to give your life to him, you need to pray a prayer and invite Jesus to take over your life, to forgive you of your sins and to make you new. Or you once walked with Jesus and you need to come back to him and this is a great time, a perfect day to give your life to Christ. I want to pray with you and I want to lead you in a prayer. And if that's you, you say, Pastor Nate, I, know, oh, I need to give my life to Jesus or I know I need to come back to him today. Just No one's looking around. Just put your hand up and say, that's me. That's me, Pastor Nate. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 see, yes, yes. I want to lead all of you, raise your hands or God is speaking to you in Elk River and Maple Grove. Spring Lake Park and those joining online, I want to lead you in a prayer because I believe heaven is leaning into you right now. The face of God is close to you right now. He's interested in you. And if you pray, he will hear your prayer. I'll give you words to say, but you've got to mean it from your heart. And everybody else, you can join right in. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sin, and then rose from the dead. Today, I surrender to you. Please forgive me of my sin and make me new. Help me to know you better and better for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise in the house. Amen. Amen. I want to, uh, I want to challenge and encourage you. You know, sometimes we can come at Christmas time because it's the thing to do once or twice a year. But I want to encourage you to stay on the journey of following Jesus. Part of that is come back to church next week. We'll be having service. I encourage you to come on back and just be around other people that love Jesus. That'll help you. I also got some, um, some suggestions for you as you follow Jesus for scripture, what to do next. And if you could, just text the word. Take your phone out. Text the word Emmanuel to 313131. And I would love to give that, send that a link to you right now. So if you're new to following Jesus, you're coming back, just text the word Emmanuel to 313131. All right, give it up one more time for all those people that just gave their lives to Jesus. We're so excited for you. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.